We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash lawless. Just go to Indeed.com slash lawless right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed com slash lawless. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Hello, sunshine. I'm Alexi Lawless, and welcome to the State of the Union podcast. We look at the beautiful game on and off the field through the lens of red, white, and blue colored glasses. Joining me, as always, my friend, my colleague, my guiding light, David Mossy, a soccer savant and a Fox soccer researcher and writer extraordinaire. Well, that sucked. Yeah, that sucked bad. My goodness. We come to you um, a few hours after the U.S.-Portugal game, which in every way, shape, or form was um, disappointing to say the least. We'll talk about the other games too, but let's dive right into it, Mossy. 0-0. Congratulations to the U.S. Women's National Team for getting out of the group, um, but doing so in a fashion uh, that from a historic perspective, I don't think has ever let us, ever, ever made us feel less confident that this U.S. team is going to go and win a World Cup. It was a performance that was completely rudderless and completely um, devoid of any type of inspiration and or organization. And while I thought that the other night against the Netherlands, that 45 minutes was the low point, oh, no, Blanco Andonovsky and, and company, they came back and said, oh, we can do much better. We can do 90 minutes of crap. And that's ultimately what happened. Now, that is the bad. The good is that they're out of the group. And yes, to a certain extent, there is a closing of a chapter and the opening up of another pathway and opportunity. And what what the hope seems to be, Mossy, is that there is this other US women's national team that exists behind the curtain that now shall show itself after the group stage is done here. And it is one that understands how to play. This is one that is dynamic. This is one that scores goals. 
But again, this is one that we have yet to see, and that somehow the faucet is going to be turned on, and automatically the number one team in the world is going to find their form. They're going to flick the switch, whatever it is. This all is theoretical. But the way in which this U.S. team responded, and they came in for a lot of criticism in the way that they, you know, the, the body language and the dancing before the game, the dancing after the game, the smiles, and the sense that they didn't realize that this was a poor performance. And maybe to them it wasn't a poor performance. But ultimately, I am, I am th this is the lowest point in terms of how I have felt about this team. I thought that this was one of the all-time worst performances by the U.S. women's national team. And it gives me, and I think a lot of people out there, very little hope that this team can turn it around. And that team, that other team that hasn't been there this tournament, is going to show up. I am doing well, by the way. There wasn't the usual greeting, how are you doing? No, we're, we're, we're getting, right, we're getting it, right. right. We're, we were two inches away from going out of the World Cup, which would have been the greatest failure and the darkest moment in U.S. soccer history. And look, we lived through Cuba. We lived through that, where the U.S. did not qualify for the 2018 World Cup. And we said at the time that that was the worst moment. And it still is, but only by two inches. Because Portugal not only should have scored at the end, but ultimately they were the better team in this game. I was not all that surprised because I don't think this U.S. team is that good. The mistake people keep making is they project past U.S. teams onto this team. The stats are great to give historical context of how wonderful this program has been. But when it comes down to analyzing a game at this World Cup, you have to hone in on what this team has done under Vladko Lemanovsky. And a microcosm of that was the head-to-head -head with Portugal. You said in the pregame today, well, they should win this game easily because they've, they have 10 wins out of 10 against Portugal. They've outscored them 39-0 to zero in those games. But the one match they played under Vlad Kotanovsky two years ago, right before the Olympics, was only a 1-0 win. The goal didn't come until the 76th minute. Uh, and the U.S., between the Olympics and the World Cup now, the two major tournaments they have, they've played nine matches under Vlad Kotanovsky. They've won three of them. Uh, so this team has left me cold all cycle, and they had the injuries to Swanson and Macario and Sauerbrunn, so I think it's actually a weaker version even than they were, say, a year ago. Um, and so I've come to the conclusion that this team is not that good. I don't think there is this other version out there that's going to emerge. Uh, so I think this is going to end up being a disappointing World Cup for the United States. Uh, our good friend Carly Lloyd, she had plenty to say, and I, I love the fact that she is kind of growing into this role on television and talking about things in an interesting and oftentimes provocative way. You know, it was really interesting to hear her after the game talk about, and you can tell that this has been bubbling and boiling within her over the last few years. And while she didn't quite get to the core and, you know, on, on television, sometimes we have very little time. And if we had her for a longer time, and you know, we'll, hopefully we'll get her on the uh, State of the Union going forward, maybe we can delve into it. But I think the essence of what she was trying to say is that this team has forgotten that all of the good and all of the praise and all of the accolades and all of the fame and all of the money and all of the, um, uh, the extras that come and have come for this national team now for many, many years, and that many of these players have kind of grown up emulating and watching and wanting. All of that has come from a singular desire to win and constantly living up to the past in terms of that success. And I'm not putting words in Carly's mouth because I, I did try to get to the heart of it, but as I said, the essence is that at least 
this group right now has forgotten what got them there. And if that is the case, maybe it's to be expected, but it is a big, big problem. If they just think that it's going to be handed to them and they simply, because they are the U.S., their you-know-what doesn't stink and they can do anything that they, that they want. Now, I, I enjoy and have enjoyed for many years you know, the beautiful arrogance and that strut and that swagger that has come from the U.S., but they've always backed it up. And in this case right now, and I think that's why a lot of people were, are thrown off and irritated by, you know, the behavior and, you know, the antics, if you will, is that I don't think, again, there's any confidence that this team is going to be able to back it up. Yeah, the performance on the field shapes how you view the other stuff. Mm -hmm. Had they won all three games, and we'd be talking about the suits and the dancing in a fashion of look at how loose they are, and that's helping them succeed. Uh, instead, they look, frankly, ridiculous. They look like a high school cheerleader team and not somebody that's playing in a World Cup. They're, they're just exuding immaturity right now that uh, is irksome. And, you know, we talk about the blend of youth and experience, but I almost think there's two extremes right now. You have players that have won so much that there's not all that much urgency, and then you have other players that are so young that have other World Cups ahead of them. There's nobody on this team that's giving off a vibe that winning this World Cup is this defining thing in their careers that they're willing to run through a wall to accomplish. You know what I mean? It's yeah, yeah. players that are sort of on two different extremes of the spectrum. Yeah, I mean, it's... That's interesting. And look, we all know that dynamics are, are delicate and dynamics change uh, with, within a team. You know, again, I don't know if this is ultimately going to change, but this team and this team in particular, uh, in terms of watching, the, you know, the response to this. And by the way, if you stayed up late, God bless you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for doing that. Um, this U.S. women's national team probably owes you 90 minutes <laughs> that you're never going to get back. Um, but this team, at times, we've talked about people that you know, disagree with off-field stances and politics and all, all that kind of stuff. And people will either not watch this team or will hate watch this team. And at times, this, this team can seem, for lack of a better word, uh, unlikable. And they have to be able to get over that. And when they can't combine it with just some great play and entertaining and scoring and winning, that's a big problem for this team in terms of garnering the support that I want this team to have. I want to love this team. I want America to throw their arms around this team and say, this is awesome. But the way in which they are performing, combined with some of the, uh, some of the behavior, I think that that's, that's pushing people away. And the fact that they're losing you is noteworthy because you defended them four years ago over the whole celebrations against mm -hmm. Thailand. You defended the Brazil men over their dancing, the yep. controversy. So you're generally prone to defend teams uh, when it comes to those antics. But this team does seem to be rubbing you the wrong way. Yeah, and I'm, I, I know I'm not alone. And look, I, I know this is kind of a grouchy old man, get off my lawn type of situation, or in Carly's case, grouchy old woman, get off, get off my lawn. But there, there, is, there, is something, there is something to it. Now, they can change. They, they could go on, because they wouldn't be the first team to have a crappy group stage, and then somehow find a way to get it together. But it is going to be a very different look 
type of World Cup if they end up lucky enough to get it. Now, they got to get past what, what amounts to Sweden and then possibly uh, Japan just to, get to the sem- to, just to get to the semifinal, and that's going to be a feat in and of, in of itself. So I'm not even talking about winning a World Cup. Let's just figure out the 16th first. And to add insult to injury, they're not going to have Rose Lavelle for that round of 16 game. She picks up a yellow in her first start of this tournament. She is now suspended due to yellow card accumulation. Yeah, I mean, and we talked about how important Rose Lavelle is. And so, you know, again, for a team that can't afford – because – yeah, you know, the, uh, the old saying about who's not waiting in the wings. Well, you know, there's no Carly Lloyd waiting in the wings. There's none of these other players that we've kind of associated with this team winning waiting in the wings. But things can happen. Uh, and Vlad Kondonovsky, I mean, I, I was getting texts again and say, what's, what, what's with this guy in substitutions? You know, he, he put in Megan Rapino finally at, uh, at one point. But then, you know, waiting and waiting and waiting. Now, I understand that there was, in this particular instance, a desire to, at the very least, things weren't going well, but at the very least, make sure you got that point. And they almost lost that point, or the, the game, ultimately at the, uh, at the end there, when it came off the post. But still, we're, we're faced with a U.S. team that settles. We're faced with a U.S. team that, in this moment, is happy getting a point against Portugal. And, and look, I know the rest of the world has spent more money and resources now, and they're, quote-unquote, catching up. But this is still... The, the U.S. team. This is still the team that gets the most attention, that gets the most resources, that gets the most opportunity, that is given everything on a platter to succeed. And time and time again, they've reciprocated and said, yes, and here you go. Here are your World Cups. Here is your great play. Here are your stars. And as soon as that, uh, that bargain doesn't exist or as soon as that transaction doesn't, doesn't work anymore, there's going to be hell to pay, and it's going to be problematic. So I'm, I'm looking forward to see what, uh, what Vladko has in store going forward because we've seen him look down the bench and not do anything. And again, that 23 players is not going to change going forward. What did you make of the introduction of Lynn Williams in place of Trinity Rodman? I don't think it changed anything. And I think if, if you're Trinity Rodman, you're probably saying, all right, well, you know, I, I did what I needed to do in the first couple of games. And it's not that Lynn Williams can't can't be successful, but what, what I think we thought was it was going to fundamentally change the dynamic and the feeling and the, uh, and the energy. You know, nobody from an attacking perspective, and we kind of have to throw out the Philippines game, right? I mean, it's, it, it's, it's the Philippines. It was Vietnam. Uh, sorry, uh, excuse me. Well, we have to throw out the Philippines game, too. <laughs> God, thank God. It's been a long day, folks. It's been a really long day. Uh, throw out the Vietnam game. It, it's... It, it's just not good enough, Mossy. It's just not and, good enough. And frankly, even Vietnam was only 3-0, which in light of what the Netherlands yeah, did today. Right? All right, so let's, uh, let's take it to that. We, we, we might circle back at the end here to this. But the Netherlands, like you said, they went out and I think predictably crushed Vietnam. And you saw it. They knew. They could smell blood. They're running to get the ball out of the back of the net. <laughs> and they scored some bangers, by the way. They're incredible goals that were, uh, that were scored by, uh, by the Netherlands. And they should beat up on a team like that. Yeah, this Brutz is a, is a real talent. Joe Roard had two goals as well. She had already scored against the U.S. So, yeah, I mentioned that I had been unimpressed with the Dutch attack in the first two games, but they showed up today. They did what they were supposed to. And you're right. It was incredible. After each goal, the way they ran, they grabbed the ball, and they just had not let up the whole game. So it's a sad way for Vietnam's first World Cup campaign to end. But, yeah, the, the Dutch absolutely ruthless today. Yeah, and me misidentifying them as the Philippines, too, is probably uh, doesn't help to <laughs> make them feel any better. All right. Well, speaking, you know, evidently the U.S. is the only elite team, quote, unquote, and I've been even using that you know, loosely right now. 
um, is the only team that can't score because England followed that up with a 6-1 demolishing of China. And by the way, if anybody has cause to scream and yell about injuries, England certainly does. Uh, and they're not complaining about it. They're getting on with it, and they are putting down markers. And, and this was, I think, important because the first two games that England played, yes, they won, but only by a score of one nothing. And they come out here and, again, talk about goals. Incredible, incredible goals. Lauren James had a, a game to remember in terms of her, uh, the goal scoring and just everywhere that she went. So congratulations uh, to England. A, um, like I said, a statement type of game. Uh, Reese James is officially Lauren James's brother. Exactly. Uh, two goals and three assists for her. So we now have two more confirmed matchups in the round of 16. England will face Nigeria, and Denmark will advance in second place in Group D. They will face Australia. Uh, what do you think? Uh, does, I don't think England. Do you think they fear Nigeria? No. They don't think it. So they're flying right now. See, that's that's the problem, Aussie. A team like England, right? One nothing, one nothing in their first two games. And then they come out here, and now they're flying into the round of 16. All of that momentum, all of that confidence. All right, and then Denmark uh, beat Haiti 2 nothing. So Denmark goes through. I think you predicted that, uh, that too. Uh, and they face who? They Australia. face Australia. They face Australia. Well, that'll be an, that'll be an interesting one. Uh, that's, a, that's a hard one to call. We'll have to ask you and Bear and others that are so good at predicting these things. Uh, all right, shall we uh, shift it to tomorrow? What do we have to look forward to tomorrow? Well, I certainly have my eye on uh, the conclusion of Group F. You have Panama facing France, Jamaica taking on Brazil. Jamaica only need a draw in that game to advance. Brazil need to win, so... It's going to be a white knuckler for me. I'm hoping that we can get the job done. And Bunny Shaw back. Bunny uh, Shaw back. Oh, boy. Are you, uh, are you worried? I am worried. I really? Think this is a dangerous proposition. Really? Yes. Oh, okay. All right. And then we also have the conclusion of Group G, Argentina versus Sweden. Sweden's already qualified. They're just trying, trying to sew up first place. And then uh, South Africa, Italy. But, yeah, we will know for sure the U.S.'s opponent, it is it's going either, to be Sweden. It's either Sweden, Sweden or, or Italy, and it's, and it's going to be Sweden. It's going to be. And it, which would mean Netherlands against, I think, Italy would be the other matchup. But, yeah, I mean, the U.S.-Sweden game, I mean, if, if assuming Sweden takes care of business tomorrow and finishes with three out of three in the group stage, they will be clear-cut favorites against the U.S. If, if I told you before the tournament that the U.S. would have a round of 16 game in which they were decided underdogs, you know, you wouldn't believe it, but that's where we are right now. And we've seen so many set pieces, and Sweden has kind of built their their 2023 legacy already on set pieces. So, and we saw Alyssa there at the end of that game. Oh my flying God. Out. Was that, <laughs> I mean, uh, look, uh, Alyssa Nair, uh, I, you know, I loved that moment that she had four years ago. And, you know, sometimes, you know, the, the un unsung hero, but it's a difficult job being the U.S. goalkeeper. That's why, you know, she's done it well and Hope Solo has done it well in that you don't get a lot of action. But when you do get an opportunity to become involved, you want to do something. And this was glaring and jarring in terms of how badly she missed this cross. And don't think for a second that if it ends up being Sweden and Sweden's looking ahead, that they would be saying, hey, listen, we throw some balls in the box, whether it's on set pieces or corner kicks, and there could be some problems in terms of listener commanding that, uh, that area. So, look, this is... I know this is coming off as as doom and gloom, and we, you know, on the State of the Union or you know, whenever we're doing this, we we want we want to recognize what can happen, and we want to be positive, but we don't want to be Pollyanna, and we want to be honest with you. And listen, you don't need us to tell you that that was not good. And again, the problem is in terms of the hearts and minds. A lot of people 
that don't know a whole lot about this team, except that, that, they, that they win and that they are champions, will look at this and not have any type of context and say, well, we're, we're not good. And in what they saw, they would be right. Um, but it also doesn't mean that somehow they can't get it together. I wouldn't put all of my money on that, uh, on that ultimately happening. And this three-peat is getting further and further away from the realm of, uh, of possibility. And it's, and, and it's very, very difficult. But if this doesn't end well, there are going to be recriminations and there will be examinations as to how the U.S. has let this happen. Because it's one thing to where everybody else kind of catches up to you. And that's, that's not necessarily a bad thing. It's actually good for competition. It's another thing to regress. And my fear is that this team, to your point, is not as good as in the past because that not only is the rest of the world caught up, but we have regressed. And that would be unforgivable. It's one thing to let the rest of the world catch up. It's another thing to not, to not go forward. And the U.S. can still go forward and needs to. To put a fine point on that, do you think the 2015 and 2019 U.S. teams would have beaten the Netherlands and Portugal? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, without a doubt. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it was, it, it, I think it was, I think the balance was better on the field. I think the personality was better on the field. And look, in 15, to be fair, they weren't, U.S. has never really been underdogs, but they hadn't done it in 16 years. And so that was kind of there. And maybe to your point um, that you mentioned, this role of, you know, maybe it's a, a unique role in that, for, certainly for this generation, for their first time kind of being underdogs and having people doubt them. Who knows? Maybe that lights a fire. And if that's what needs to be done, fine. Because guess what? Against Sweden, they're going to be underdogs, despite being the number team in the world, based on what we have seen so far in this tournament, uh, tournament and has not been good. Anything else you want to uh, talk about, my friend? That's it. That's it? Nothing yeah. else? Nothing else? It's a long day. Let's uh, get it's a, it. It, it has <laughs> been a long day. And, and you know, I, we, <laughs> we're on the set and we're, we're talking about this, uh, about this stuff. And we, we want to make sure that we, we frame it with context and that we frame it in the right way. But I, I, I'm really proud of what we did today, actually. And I'm really proud of my friend uh, Carly Lloyd and the way that she talked about soccer. And guess what? There's going to be people that agree, again, and disagree. And she is figuring that out. And what I love about her is that she's learning not to care because it just comes with the territory. And she's just letting it rip. And I love it because it's honest. It comes from a place of knowledge. It is interesting. It is entertaining television. And it gets us talking. And that's a, you know, that's a, that's a good thing. So uh, well done, Carly Lloyd and Ari Hinks, because she's, you know, she's been doing it for a while, so she already knows the, uh, the, the ins and outs. And I'm just trying to keep up with these incredible ladies. It's been, uh, it's been wonderful. But we're going to go back again tomorrow and do it all over again, as Mossy mentioned, all sorts of games uh, tomorrow. So keep reviewing and downloading and rating and subscribing and doing all the different things you do for the State of the Union podcast. Thanks again to State Farm for presenting it. We will talk to you again tomorrow. And until then... And as always, my friends, don't fear. Everything's going to be just fine. And size the day!